Today is October 11th or 12th, whenever you are listening to this, and we are days or hours away from the ALCS. We've got a lot to discuss. Let's talk Yanks. Steaming hot takes. Your Yankees news with these two fine dudes. It's time for Talking Yanks. Talking Yanks with old John Boy. John Boy and Jake. Talking Yanks with old John Boy. John Boy and Jake. What's going on, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to Talking Yanks. We hope you are excited, a tiny bit nervous, but mostly hyped up for this American League Championship Series. 15 teams started the season, 13 of them ended it. Two remain in the American League. One is the Yankees. The other is the Houston Astros. Two juggernauts on a collision course all season are about to crash, and we all get to witness it, and we all get to put our hearts on the line. I am excited. My name's John Boy. I'm coming to you from New Jersey, and I've got my co-host, Jake, coming to you from Denver. It is Jake's birthday. It is Gio Urshela's birthday. We're all growing older each and every day. How are you doing, Jake? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I wish 20-year-old Jake here was to to get drunk and go crazy and hype the people, but 30-year-old Jake is very straightforward, very serious, very well-spoken, and uh, yeah, no, I, I, if you've been following us on many platforms, you know I've been living at the DMV the past couple days. I'm not going to talk about that because this is a hype episode. Me and Gio Urshela are both slick fielding third basemen that have backgrounds as soccer goalies. So, yeah, I mean, we're a lot of similarities. Both cute, I think, in our own right. Yeah. Like, you'd never look at either of us and be like, that's a hot boy. I think Gio's handsome. He's cute. When we met him in person, he was pretty handsome. He was slick. I mean, he was in a tux. Like, yeah, he looked good. Tux is a tough outfit to be cute, cute in. But I think Gio's more attractive than you. Easily. Okay. We're all there then. At least we all landed on that same page together. Happy 30th. Happy 30th. Well, the first half of this show is going to be Sharp Stats with Katie Sharp. And if you are a new listener, subscriber, and you haven't been listening all season, Katie Sharp is the head of the Talking Yanks analytics department. She brings you the sharpest stats and a little more knowledge to supplement what you see with your eyes. Sharp stats will be a little bit of a crescendo today. It's going to start off and you're not going to be super excited with some of the numbers you hear, but at the end of it, you'll be more confident. Yes. Yes. There's, well, this is true. It's going to be a tough matchup. So anyway, I'm going to throw it to sharp stats right away. And then we'll be back to have a little more, uh, emotion based chat. Here you go. All right. Postseason sharp stats. We welcome Katie Sharp back to the show. It's been a while. She's moved cross country. How are you doing, Katie? How's everything going? Ha. Everything's great. I mean, how do you not love a place where the first snow is on October 10th? This is heaven for me. <laughs> yeah, you I'm are. sorry, guys. But, uh, but yeah, it was a nice treat to get the first snow uh, during our first, you know, kind of real week here uh, in the Rocky Mountains. And uh, I'm loving it. We got a nice place. Was there any part of you 
where you said, if the Yankees don't make the CS, it'll sure make this move a lot easier. Well, actually, the move happened during the DS. Okay. So now you're ready to go. Now I'm, I'm fine, dude. I'm fine. I'm all settled in. We got our office set up. We got our TV set up. We have cable. We have internet, which was not true on Friday, last Friday and last Saturday as I was scrambling to watch games. But yeah, I am fired up and ready to go. I cannot believe that we still have to wait as we, as we record this on Friday afternoon, literally another day. I enjoyed the break from the regular season to the, the, the uh, division series. I'm not enjoying this break at all. If you need a good distraction, go to the Department of Motor Vehicles. That's what's been working for me. Yeah, you're spending a lot of time there. Yeah. I'm going to have to make that trip soon. Oh, wow, that's right, yeah. 30 days I got. Jake, we announced that you're moving to New York, so you have, you should have just waited that out, man, because now you have to get another license in like six months. Well, I might. I might. I've, I've got a lot of thoughts going through my head. Um, honestly, it, with if it wasn't for my girlfriend, I'd probably go expired license until yeah. New York. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. wait it out. But uh, yeah, she's being a real knob job about the whole thing. So uh, yeah, I, uh, I'd rather not talk about it. But I, what I do want to talk about, how we're going to beat these Astros. How are That's we going right. to beat these Astros? Katie, I know you got a ton of solid info for us. Before we go into stats, what are your just thoughts about yeah. what's happened in the postseason? I'm fired up. I mean, like I, it's a cliche to say. But I want to beat the best team. You know, you want to beat the best teams in, in the, on the way to, uh, to a title. And we're going to have to. You know, obviously in the National League, things didn't work out uh, because the Dodgers, you know, did Dodger things. But yeah, I'm fired up. I want a competitive series. The Twin Series was nice, but I feel like that was just a warm-up. And now, now it's going to get real. Uh, this is it. And I, I'm excited. I, I want to beat the best and, um, you know, take our chances with what we got. We didn't get to talk to you during the DS at all. Did you have any moments of nerves at all? Were you shocked at how easy it was? I was a little shocked at how easy it was, yeah. I thought the Twins would put up a little bit more of a fight in terms of, mostly in terms of their offense. But they really struggled. And I, I mean, that's definitely a credit to the Yankees pitchers, I think. They stepped up um, and to, you know, a lot of the moves that Boone made. Um, but I thought that they would come through offensively a little bit more what it basically went down to was runners in scoring position if you look at the numbers they were terrible when they had chances they had plenty of chances that was the thing we kept giving them chances uh, putting traffic on the bases but um but our guys they were just balls out you know our, our pitchers and they the twins just couldn't they couldn't come through in those clutch situations and the Yankees did and that's something that the Yankees have done all season long, as we know. That was my biggest takeaway in that I thought that the, the Twins, I thought the Twins honestly would give us a little bit more of a fight. Yeah, well, and I don't Astros, know if it was playoff nerves or what, but. Oh, I think yeah. it was a lot of that and yeah. no pitching and kind of just lost morale. But the Astros are a. Yankees com- defense. Any Yankees defense. Astros are a completely yes. different story. So what do you got for us just off the bat with this series? The first thing kind of that I wanted to talk about, well, basically what I'm going to do is kind of, I think we should just lay out like a couple keys to winning, the, yeah. excuse me, winning the series. And a lot of these might be obvious, um, you know, but I'm going to try and just kind of bring some stats that really, really show 
you know, how important these are. So something, some stuff that you may not know or may not be aware of, hopefully, um, you'll learn something um, in, this, in this show. So the first thing is pretty obvious. The Yankees have to get out to a lead. They have to score first. We know that has not been one of their strengths during the season. And, you know, they've always they've they've won a lot of games with comebacks. We've we've talked about that. They've been very resilient. Um, they've been the comeback kings. But I think with Houston, it becomes even more important to get out to an early lead. Um, first of all, not only you know obviously the fact that they Houston has home field advantage, and when you're in Houston. The best thing to do to take the crowd out of it, obviously, is to score first. Um, Don't give them any momentum there. But some of the numbers here are just truly remarkable. So the, the Astros, just basically when they score first, they have the second best record in Major League Baseball, 75 and 19. Not, you know, not terribly surprising. They were good. When they're at home, they have the first best record in baseball so the best record when scoring first at home 40 and 5 they have five losses at home when they don't when they uh when they scored first that's pretty remarkable um and then just looking at this was one of the more astounding ones and it came to my mind when i was watching the game game five when they score at least two runs in the first inning so just two runs they are 27 and 0 this is home road wherever if the Astros score two runs, they've never lost in the first inning. Yeah, they're the only they're the only undefeated team in that situation in, in baseball. So it's not Holy like a normal fuck. thing, you know. Yeah. So just have Chad open every inning. I th- I don't know what the what the solution is. And then when they are when they have just a multiple run lead in a game, so just like two runs at any point in the game, when they're at home, they are fifty nine and two. That's just two-run lead, and that's obviously the best. And then they are also the best just overall when they have a two-run lead um, or more. Uh, they've won 90% of those games. Oh, so there's two, not thanks. much margin for error when you are playing these Astros. I've got two things. Taxton against the Astros is much must-watch TV in the first inning. <laughs> it could be disaster. Yeah, that could be the game right there. And B, I, I do want to, because a lot of these numbers – may not be reassuring you on your drive-in or sitting on your desk or getting ready for the game. But I I will say this. I mean, the Yankees and Houston are the clear elite teams in baseball. So it's not like every time Houston's gone up, those 27 times they've gone up two runs, they haven't been playing the Yankees. Um, You know, I'm sure some of those were against the Tigers, the Royals, the Mariners, teams like that. So there's a little bit of solace for you, but (laughs) those are... Pretty significant numbers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, I didn't break it down between, you know, 500 against winning teams or playoff teams or anything like that. And, you know, they obviously, they, they, did, they did play a lot of bad teams, as, as the Yankees did, too. Yeah. Um, so, so take that for what you know. And I think it just reinforces, you know, the fact that the Yankees really have to come out of the gun, you know, just guns blazing. Um, and we know we know the home field advantage. We know that they lost all the games in Houston in 2017, and Houston swept them this year in Houston uh, during the regular season. So it's just uh, it's just one thing that you know one little thing that the Yankees are going to have to overcome. Um, right do you have Do you have any numbers literally. on com- comebacks? Are the Astros a good come from behind team? I know the Yankees are. 
I know that the the Braves were like some people, you know, just have that ability to never say die. Uh, so if the Astros don't get off to their early lead, are they doomed? Can you tell me that they're like seventy five um, and zero when they don't get a two to run lead? Or well, zero and they're 75? actually. Uh- yeah, they're really good at comebacks. Um, oh, they, I mean, it's no surprise. <laughs> Wrong. It's, it's no surprise that the top three teams in winning percentage when falling behind in a game, so like a comeback win percentage, whatever you want to call it, are the Dodgers, number one, the Astros, number two, the Yankees, number three. Nice. So. Two juggernauts really are really everything. facing off. Yeah. Yeah. Do we want to. Really good at everything. Do you have any more little little keys before we get into uh, the, kind of the big chunky stuff with the boon and the bullpen and and that kind of stuff? Um, no, I think that was you know, that scoring first thing kind of was one of the you know just like a very high level um, kind of thing that I just wanted to point out, uh, not to scare people, but um, but yeah, let's you, move on to the did, um, well, Katie. But before we do, I, I just one quick thing because we we love referencing you as our analytics department. Um, I mean, are those numbers significant enough that you could see the Yankees trying different things early in the game? Like, would would we see an, an aggressive stolen base or something like that? I know that's super out of sorts for the Yankees, but... I know that you call those actionable stats, Jake. So just, uh, oh. so you would say, oh, are actionable, these actionable yeah. stats? Is there, oh. do these make the Yankees perform different actions? Just to keep, Tango Tiger taught me that, you know, so. They actu- Ooh, I like that. Snots. Um, it's possible. It's possible if the Yankees are aware of, you know, obviously they're aware that the, that the Astros are very good. Um, but I think it, it definitely wouldn't hurt to try and be a little bit more aggressive on the bases. Um, I mean, it's the same thing. The Astros are the best team in in the, in the majors this year, they proved it. You know, they won the most games. Um, so I think that anytime you face the best team, you have to be a little bit more aggressive, especially early in the games when you, you can't waste chances. Um, so yeah, I, mean, that, I could definitely that, see them. That pivots doing us per- perfectly into Boone being aggressive, not wasting the moment. Because uh, you've heard my recaps of the ALDS. I was pleased with Boone's aggressiveness with the bullpen. Um, and I think we have a lot of good stuff on that. Uh, a, did you like it? And B, what's the best strategy against this Astros team with the bullpen uh, and all that stuff? Yeah, I absolutely loved it. Um, I thought he. I mean, it's it's been written about you know a lot, but he's he's a different pit, he's a different manager this year compared to last year, and I think everybody realizes that. Uh, and I think he's been. I think he's he's so far so good. You know, he's pulled all the right punches. He's made all of the right moves. Nothing, obviously, nothing that has backfired so far since we swept um, a, the, the Twins in that first run. But I was uh, I was really impressed by his aggressiveness, and this is something that he's done the entire season. So it's not really something new. I think it just gets a little bit more highlighted in the postseason because he because the mistakes were so glaring last year. And also, when you look at him compared to a guy like Dave Roberts, who has been taken, you know, on the he's been just put through a ringer in terms of the moves that he's made, uh, this that he made during the division series. Uh, and Dave Roberts, lost. when his his brain froze up on him, he was so scared to make yeah. the wrong move, he was like, "Fuck it, we'll just ride out Joe Kelly." He's 
do yeah. something. That do was, something. Yeah. That's terrible. It was pretty obvious to everyone, I think, that was watching, anybody that sort of knew anything about the game and about the team. Um, and so I think that when you – and so Boone's moves this year so far in the, in the against Minnesota – you know, kind of, they just really contrast with with what Roberts did, and just kind of really highlight how good he has been. So I'm I'm extremely um, happy with what he's done. He's really the thing to me. He's really defined the roles. So basically, so far in the in the postseason, it's basically just like you know, two times through the rotation. The rotation goes two times through the order, um, and then he's been using Adovino against the righties, and then Conley against the uh, the lefties. Um, and then just a, a Chad Green kind of to, to bridge and be the glue to everything. Um, and then uh, Britton and Chapman to finish it off. And it's worth noting, you know, like 10 of the 13 in the third innings that have been pitched in the bullpen have been by those big five guys. Um, another one was half, and I think we got a lasagna and, uh, and a Tyler Lyons in the, in the blowout there. But um, the fact that he's been able to deploy those, deploy those arms – um, as much as possible um, has been really key. And one thing I did want to point out with, with, about that is that one thing I like, what I like to use in terms of kind of evaluating is he putting his best, the best guys in in the best situations is looking at leverage index. And we've talked about this um, on the show before. It's basically just a, a measure of how much pressure there is um, at each point in the game at each, for each plate appearance. And... One of the things that I was looking at is when I looked at it last year, um, four of the five highest uh, got player pitchers on the team with the highest average uh, leverage index were starters. And that, to me, just baffled me because there's one thing I want to point out. Leverage index, like I said, it measures uh, how important a plate appearance is. Really, the most important plate appearances are going to be later in the games, Right. So I, I broke it down. It's basically like 3% of, um, of any of the, like high leverage. So I, what I did is I kind of looked at when are the most high leverage innings be, when are the most high leverage plate appearances occurring? What innings? So Fangrass breaks it down between high leverage, medium leverage, and low leverage, right? So in the first inning of all the total high leverage plate appearances, about 3% of them happen in the first inning. It's about 5% in the second, 6% in the third. Um, and so it just re- keeps ramping up until you get about 13% in the sixth. And then you're getting into like the 15s, the 19s, and then in the ninth inning, about 23% of all um, are occurring in that inning. So the fact that last year, four of the five highest average leverage index uh, marks were by starters tells me a little bit something that Boone was leaving them in a little bit too long to face you don't want a starter really facing those high pressure situations that's just not ideal you want to have your your bullpen arms in those high situ- high um high leverage situations there was so a this bit year last year where I think Boone in his first year as being a manager he very much wanted to get the trust of the room and he very much mm-hmm. wanted to instill trust in his guys and let CeCe go for the fourth inning and let Seve go for the fourth inning. And I think it, he, he has found other ways to get the room's respect, or now he has the room's respect that he doesn't feel the need to 
uh, trust his guys. And that's exactly what Dave Roberts did with Kershaw. He, in his post game, he was like, he's my yeah. guy. I trust he's him. He's my guy. And Boone's, Boone's a little more ruthless, which you have to be now, where he's saying like, oh, Otto, you're one batter. Canely, you're one batter. Like, I'm not, my trust isn't going to give you big leverage things. Your stats and your skill are, which is a much better well, way to go yeah. about it. And I think that absolutely has to do with the fact that he's in his second year. Yeah, you know, me too. He has command of that dugout. He has command of, of the room there. Um, and so this year, like I said, four or five last year, only one starter is, is in the top five this year in terms of average leverage index. And that's Luis Severino. Um, I think that he, that was, you know, when he basically, a lot of that was that, that bases loaded yeah. um, situation that he found himself in. Which he didn't have remarkably got out of. I, I I don't know how he did that, but it was awesome. It was, that was probably one of the, my top yeah. highlights of the of the series. Um, but other than that, it's all relievers, and it's the relievers you want. It's it's the top three are Green, Conley, and Britton. Um, so he's been he's been really really good at deploying his arms at the right time, the bullpen arms, and getting that quick hook to go to his best pitchers because we know the Yankee starters are not the best pitchers, right? We know that the Yankees relievers are the better pitchers. Yes. And, and like, that's it, a plan. I, I said this casually to Jake. I was listening to the radio and they were like, name a pitcher on the Yankees that can go eight innings pitch 10 K's like Garrett Cole. It's like, well, that's, that is not the design of the team. Like, because no. they don't have pitchers that do that. They have a bullpen that can take away four plus innings. So don't look at it as it's not necessarily a negative. Our bullpen and five innings of Tanaka or Paxton is pretty equal to eight innings of or seven innings of Verlander and two of their bullpen. You know, like exactly we're we're, we're good. It's just a matter of, you know, what the what the ratio is going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't really matter who pitches. It's just a matter of the quality of the pitching. Right. Um, and then t- two other things I really want to point out why the Yankees need to use this, why the Yankees are smart in using this bullpen strategy um, is that, as we know, I've, we've talked about this on the show before, the Yankees starting pitchers are terrible the third term through the order, right? Yeah. Um, they, are the th- they have the third worst batting average allowed, the second worst slugging um, percentage allowed, and the fourth worst OPS. And this is particularly a problem against the Astros, who, not shockingly, are just crush pitchers the third time through the order, right? They have the third best batting average, the second best slugging percentage, and the second best OPS when they see a starter the third time through the order. So I think that that makes it even more critical for Boone to have that quick hook. And then one other thing I want to point out, which is pretty amazing. This is one of these nuggets that I that I kind of uncovered, which was surprising to me. We know that the Yankees, they have a lot of high-velocity arms in the bullpen. They've oh, got yeah. Chapman. They've got Green. They've got Conley. They bring um, the heat. That with, as, Jakey <laughs> Stats, as Jakey Stats mentioned to me in an email, they have lasagna. Um, so... The Houston batters, and this was surprising, they are actually below average um, against 95-mile-per-hour or higher pitches. So the Yankees throw a lot of those. Um, they have the sixth-highest percentage of that. I would guess Altuve the, is the only one that really doesn't it's, falter. I think it's 
Springer and Altuve. I couldn't remember exactly, but um, uh, so the the Houston batters they have a, a 233 batting average, which is 23rd in the majors. The MLB average is uh, 249. They have a 404 slugging against these high velocity pitches, which is 18th in the majors. Um, and then they have a 318 WOBA, which is also 18th in the majors. So below average in all three of those um, stats against high-velocity pitches. And so I think it just makes sense for, for the Yankees to start rolling out their, their, their bullpen arms. And I, I guess, Katie, you, you, you mentioned that I mentioned Luizaga, and before people start tweeting at me, um, I mean, the, the other arms that you mentioned that are our high-velo guys, their roles, I mean, are pretty much going to be the same. I mean, Chapman, Canely, those guys, they're, they are in their roles and they're going to do their things. Is there a chance that it, Johnny Lasagna with his fastball could find himself? Are, are the stats enough to say, like, hey, it's the fourth inning, you know, someone's running out of gas, like, give Laza a chance? Are the numbers that significant or no? I mean, I don't, I w- I don't think so. I don't think so at all um, because, I mean, it's one thing to throw hard. It's another thing to throw hard and locate it. Um, and we know that Lasagna has, tro- has problems with his command. Um, so I can't see them doing that. But I just thought it was really interesting um, how – poorly you know Houston does against those high velocity pitches since they do they're amazing against in every other split or stat or or whatever you want to say um and the fact that the Yankees have good high velocity pitchers like Chapman is good and he throws hard Green is good and he throws hard um you know so that I think gives them an advantage there that's good to know you know the the two run lead at the top of the show that was that was a gut punch now I know they can't hit heat they're a bunch of wusses, so we'll just jam some 100-mile-per-hour fastballs down their throats all day. It's great. Yeah, like, that sounds I, good. I, I, can I do think that. it leads us into the how are we going to get a lead. <laughs> so if yeah. you could just tell us that, Katie, that would be fantastic. Please. I mean, it's just as easy as kind of just going up there and whacking some home runs, right? <laughs> yes. Swing the stick, I mean, kid. that's what we do. Is we, we just live and die by the long ball, Correct. Look for something in your wheelhouse and give it a good swing, kid, huh? Only if you yeah, love it. Yeah, only yeah. if you love it. <laughs> um, no, seriously. Okay. Uh, so we know what we're going against. We're going against Cole Verlander Granke, right? And, you know, even though they went to game fives, those guys, they're going to get to pitch twice if it's a seven-game series. They're going to get to pitch in the first three games of the ALCS. doesn't matter. Maybe it's a little bit of a different order, but... We still got to face them, and we still have to beat, you know, we still have to beat one of, you know, at least two of them um, in order to, uh, in order to gain an advantage there. So, um, you know, this is, this is not easy. We know that they were Cole and, I think it was Cole and Verlander were like in the top, like two in ERA. Um, They also, this is amazing. Um, they were Cole Verlander and Granke were the top three in the American League in the lowest WOBA allowed the third time through the order. So don't think that you're going to be getting them tired um, and them throwing meatballs. Uh, you got to get like two runs and you got to get their pitch count up. But 
also, Katie, the catch 22 is you got to attack early in the count. It's it's so fucked. We've seen this struggle <laughs> with Verlander a bunch of times. Verlander has owned the Yankees. And I mean, through the last two seasons, when we've been doing talking Yanks, Jake and I have said, I wonder what their strategy is going to be, because sometimes they like to sit back and get his pitch count up. But that results in a ton of strikeouts and no production at all. Other times they like to attack early. And if that works, you're lucky if you get two to three runs, but you're allowing his pitch count where he's going to go at least eight innings. So you hope that your your defense and your pitching shuts them down and those three runs help you out. It's such it's such a catch-22 of bad. They're so good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going to start off. I guess I'll start off with Verlander. I was going to start off with how to beat Cole. Um, but with Verlander, it's it's really tricky. Like you said, one of the things that I that Verlander does the best at is he has the highest chase rate in baseball. So chasing pitches out of the zone. He gets batters to chase a pitches out of the zone more than anybody else. So I think that really reinforces that the Yankees need to be disciplined. And this is this is one of the things that they did very well in the in the Twin series. They you know, they didn't chase, and during the regular season, they had the, the ninth, they were top ten. They were ninth best chase rate in the regular season. So this is kind of one of those things with they, that um, that Boone harped on this season, control the zone, right? They really need to do that against Verlander. Um, and just, they cannot, because that is the way that he gets people out, is he gets people to expand the zone and chase his, chase his breaking pitches out of the zone. Um one thing also I'm going to point out, and this is going to be true with, with Cole, is that he throws, he's, he's a high-velocity pitcher, right? He throws, he's top 10 in the number of pitches that, that he throws that are 95 miles per hour or higher. We mentioned before the Astros struggle against that high heat. The Yankees, on the other hand, are really good against the high heat, the, yeah. uh, the, um, the high-velocity pitches. They have the third-best batting average, the second best slugging percentage and the third best woba against pitches 95 miles per hour. So I think that that gives them, you know, they have to have that confidence that they can they can handle Verlander when he throws that fastball. They can handle Cole when he throws that fastball because Cole has the fourth highest percentage of pitches that are uh, thrown 95 miles per hour or higher um, among starters this season. And as I mentioned, Verlander's in the top 10 there. So I think that those are two ways that they can kind of get to them. Um, the problem is you got to lay off the pitches out of the zone when you're talking with Verlander. Um, so I think that those are two keys um, to beating Verlander and to beating Cole. And one other thing I want to talk about with Cole is one of the things that he likes to do is he really likes, he really likes to pitch high in the zone. Yeah. Right? He likes to throw that rising fastball. Um, he has uh, the sixth highest percentage of pitches thrown above above the letters, so those high pitches, the rising fastball. That that thing, you know, that may seem like something that the Yankees struggle with, but actually they're pretty good. Um, and the two guys that really mash those high pitches, the first one is Judge, which you which I don't know if it's surprising um, because he's you know maybe he's tall, but. Judge against pitches in the upper part of the zone and above that, he's in the top 10 in slugging percentage, a 648 slugging percentage, top 10 in WOBA, 
a 437 Woba, which is really good. The league average is, you know, 330. Um, and, uh, and then Gardner is also really good at those high pitches, those tomahawks, you know. He's top 30 in slugging and Woba. Um, so those two guys are really, have been really successful for the Yankees, among others. Um, but those I wanted to highlight against pitches um, above the letters, high in the zone, which are the ones that Cole really likes to get outs with. He likes to get that strikeout um, with his rising fastball. Um, and as a team, the Yankees are fourth in slugging against those high pit, those um, pitches up in the zone and fifth in Woba. So I think that, you know, as, as much as, you know, you, as good as Cole has been, and he, he's been fantastic, the Yankees do have a couple advantages um, when facing him, uh, looking at his strengths versus what the Yankees' strengths are. I like that. That excites me. Yeah. Because he's scary. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you uh, how good Cole is and the fact that he, he hasn't lost a game since May 22nd and the team hasn't lost a game he started since July set, July 12th. I won't tell you that. So okay, um, thank we, you. Didn't, we don't need to mention Leave that. Leave that yeah. off the episode. Thanks, Katie. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to rile up the fans real quick, but Garrett Cole, Garrett Cole potentially could have his only start this series in the zoo. I'm just saying. Yeah, that's... That's one. That's one advantage. Um, is that he will have to make game. Th- he will have. He will be pitching game three at Yankee Stadium. Um, Boom! But uh, there you go. Take and that high heat and short porch him all day. All day. All day. On all repeat. Day. It's a, It's no problem. It's, you just got to hit the home runs. The home runs are the key, <laughs> right? Hit home runs. We had one more thing, Katie. I was actually super interested in this because I like this stuff type of data is you have the numbers for ALCSs in which one team went five games in the DS and the other team swept in the DS when so if you're if the Yankees yes. swept the Astros went f- to game five how many um, ALCSs have we had where this is the path the two teams taken and one of the results of those I know that this really doesn't mean anything but I love this sort of data and info. So what do you have on this? And I believe this is the sharpest stat. Yeah, this oh, yeah. will be the sharpest stat of the week, I guess. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so I went back. And obviously, we're just looking at the Division Series era, so since 1995, right? This will be the ninth time it's happened. So eight, eight previous times. And the team that swept is 4-4 uh, four and four in those LCS series. So really, you know what it means? Nothing. Nothing. Damn. You know what? Damn. I'm, I'm 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 happier that it's four and four than if you were to throw out like a eight and zero oh, because that would scare me okay. more than excite me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so just the fact it, that like oh, it means crash nothing. Here. Yeah. Oh my god, I thought you meant they were four for four and winning. I thought like the I thought we were wrapping it up for the Yankees. It's no, 500. no, no, four okay. and four. So. Four wins by the team that swept and four losses gotcha. for the team that swept. Yeah, yeah. Sorry to Huge. make that clear for everybody. It means nothing. It means nothing. <laughs> it's it's 2019, by the way, and this is the Yankees and the Astros, so that's all that we need to know. It's going to be a juggernaut. Well, thank you very much for joining us and giving us the, such great insight, analytics, and conversations as usual. We hope you enjoy the game. Will you be watching it? Uh, you have cable set up. You're ready to go. We got We got our big screen TV. We're all set. No problems. Um, and yeah, I'll awesome. be there. 
All right. And we'll we'll figure out when the next time we have a sharp stats is. Hopefully we get enough wins to do it. Yep. Per- perfect. Thank you as always, Katie. We will see you. All right. Thanks, guys. Later. All right. Everyone go tweet at Katie Sharp. Tell her thank you for coming on as always. And hopefully we get to hear back from her as we go. If you're if you're new to talking Yanks, that was your first time tuning in. Uh, she's been given awesome insight and stats the entire time. Been a lot of fun. Jake, where are you at? Where are you at with this series? I'll, I'll start off hot. I'll, okay. I'll bring, uh, I'm not going to ease into this with, well, Houston's a good team. So are the Yankees. You're going to see great baseball out there. It's going to come down to a few plays. Granky's a bum. I'm out on Granky. Um, his recent playoff numbers are garbage. Um, the stuff he's doing in the press conferences irk me. And in a way that, I mean, you, you've seen me every day over the baseball season that you don't see that reaction out of me. I think, yes, I mean, I know the guy has had some anxiety issues and some mental stuff, but if you come into press conferences just wanting to look like, I don't know, you're coming down off like meth or something like that, like the dude, like you can still answer questions. The guy normally does answer questions in the season, usually with like almost a silly twang on the end. Now he's not even like addressing the question. He's just saying, "I don't know. I'll, I'll be there." And it's just like, "Dude, I know that it is a moment and know that it's going to be a moment." And I don't know. He got knocked around his first start, um his last couple playoff starts previous to that, um also not impressive. Uh Tampa knocked him around 3.2 six earned runs. Um, he had an okay start against the Dodgers, five innings pitched, three earned runs, two homers, and five walks in that game. And then his start before that in 2017 was 3.24 earned runs to Colorado. So since 2015, he's got three playoff starts that are very poor. Um, I think that's fair. And just everything he's showing me, I'm not impressed. So Grinky. Him starting game one, and I know you're. I I saw your face just give me the like, you're leaning too hard that now Grinky's gonna shove, and he might. It's really? baseball. We saw the Braves give up ten in the first, but I'm I was gonna I'm say out on Grinky. You're 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 talking about Grinky the way I talked about Dobnak, and one's a Hall of Famer and one's an Uber driver. One might be a Hall of Famer, um, and might not be after this playoff start. Ooh. I just, uh, I don't, Grinky's clearly the weak link. I think there's also something to be, Grinky normally comes in on the Diamondbacks, not necessarily on the Dodgers, but to a degree, he was the dude. And he is so clearly not the dude. It's it's Cole and Verlander. Uh, I think Grinky's in a bad spot. Um, him starting game one, I think, is a huge thing. Um, that being said, like it, it doesn't mean the game's over. Like I don't think we're just walking into Houston, getting one, and, and calling it. Um, their bats are really good. We still don't know who's starting Game One. Um, and yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, the thing that I have been saying a lot that's not as cocky, confident, dumb, or whatever you want to talk about what I just said. Garrett Cole potentially having only one start in this series, unless it goes seven, and that one start is going to be the first game of the ALCS at Yankee Stadium. I just think I think that's impactful, and he could sh- he could shut us up real quick. Um, but I I don't know. I think there's a couple. The Rays taking them five. I think that truly is impactful to this series. Yeah, I like I said on talking baseball. What was my analogy that like? They loosened the pickle jar, and now maybe the Yankees yeah. can open it up. 
because what yeah. they did taking it through game five definitely left the mark. And I'm happy that Granky's first and he's the first pitcher. But if we don't, if the Yankees don't get to Granky and then you're down one game with Verlander and Cole looming, that sucks. So it's a lot of pressure to win game one for the Yankees right now. And we're in a good position to do it. Um, Cause yeah, I think, you know, I'd love to see Granky on a road game. I would really like to see that. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. Anything else? Uh, I mean, we haven't gotten the roster yet, so we don't know that. Do you do you have a if you had to have a sleeper of who's going to carry us? Would you Ooh. choose someone? Like, would you choose Stanton or Gary? Like, do you think it's going to reverse? The guys that didn't have a lot of hits are going to reverse, or you stick with Didi, Judge, Glaber? I'd say Didi's definitely the wild card, right? Like Didi got it going, but the the twins thing is kind of the twins thing, and it's just like okay, um, Didi's who I would label the wild card. I think Judge is locked in. Um, I don't know, man. I I think it's 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 a different guy every day. I think that top of the lineup, um, like DJ Lemayhew, is going to give you a good at bat. <laughs> like we've we've seen that for six months now. I'm not worried about him. Uh, you'd love to see Gary get going. I guess that's a guy that right now, since Gary's come back, which, again, small sample, but we haven't seen Gary Sanchez be Gary Sanchez that was the guy that was insane. He was leading Major League Baseball in home runs for a little bit this year. Um, he has the injuries. He's also a catcher. Um, Gary Sanchez, I guess that's the guy at Circle who, in the 2017 series, he had some success that series. Uh, so Gary's the guy that if he, if he's locked in, I think I'd be sitting back, um, you know, Saturday night being like, okay, like that's, that would be huge. I would love Gary to have a big series. You? Yeah. I, I think I'd be pretty happy about it. Are you worried at all about, uh, tipping pitches? Paxton, uh, got caught tipping pitches when he was in Houston. They just got glass now tipping pitches. It seems to be something that they're really good at picking up. I'm sure they're going through the footage like crazy, trying to find anything. I think Tanaka throws too many pitches. It might be hard. Um, Paxton throws three. Are you worried? Are you worried about this? Do you think the Yankees need to be cautious, change anything? Um, I, I, I'll, I'll. I have a good spin zone for this. I'll go blessing in disguise a little bit because Paxson knew or Paxson got caught by them earlier this year. The game that just happened, glass. No, nobody's looked like, like they clearly knew like yeah. even when, when we scored runs off Tyler glass. No, it was infield single. It was a walk. And then there was a hit. They were just roping line drive after line drive. Mm -hmm. And I think if you're Boone, that's something you have to be wary of coming into this. I, I think if you see, you know, three straight whack, 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 that maybe they've picked up on something. Maybe it's just three good hitters in a row, but you definitely have to be conscious of that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, obviously the Yankees are on high alert for that with Paxson and Glasnow just happening. Um, I, I know I, the one question I, I had I think for you coming I think it's... To to stay there, I think that it's a blessing in disguise that this just was so obvious that they had Glasnow's number, and it's so obvious that they went into the game with the nugget of, like, some scout said, hey, we caught this, check his glove, and then they were like, yep, that's what it is, because now the Yankees can really do some internal okay, 
what do we have on us? You know, what, do, what, what could they possibly, because this is something the Astros do. They're going to be doing it to us. So I think it's a blessing in disguise. Yeah. And so I, I, I think that's some Yankee stuff. I think Houston wise, this, this was the only question I had coming in. Um, cause I normally like stumbling into things and I've never prepared myself for anything in my life. Who's who on Houston are you saying like, yo, that dude can't beat us. Oh, Reddick. Even though he's my best friend. Right. He's having an awful playoffs. So like, don't let him get hot. I think Brantley's not doing that well either. Like you're, you mean like, who, who do I like? So, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll just show you my mental space. Like if Altuve's right, you just, it is what it is and you're going to have to pitch around him sometimes or you're going to have to be super careful. Like, just respect the hell out of Altuve. I think Springer's kind of the same way from what we've seen from his postseason experience. For me, right now, it's Jordan Alvarez and it's Correa. Um, Correa's had some back stuff this year. He hasn't had a full Correa season. I think right now, and maybe what this is for me is the battle of the seventh hole hitters because I believe Correa's hitting seventh and so has been Gary. Um, two guys that could be <laughs> in the heart of any major league lineup are hitting seventh. Um, and then Jordan Alvarez. I just think he's a young kid and he's a little bit of like bonus points. I should start over. He's been great, but for what this Houston team has been, Jordan Alvarez is, I, I mean, he's their like cleanup hitter. He's this power lefty. He's kind of what they didn't have. And now they have it. Um, so for me, he's young. These are going to be the biggest games of his career. I want Jordan Alvarez locked up this series. Okay. I was trying to pull up some stats of what the, who was hot versus the... Um, who did they just play? The Rays? Rays. And who wasn't? I'm trying to see. By guys that played uh, five games, you know, that were actually out there doing it marisnik got into four games is he a defensive replacement yeah he uh he's pretty special in center field they they move springer over to right um and yeah he he tracked down a ball um i forget if it was game five i want to say maybe eighth inning of game five that was uh he he covered some space okay so i have their top 10 hitters here and you know at bats and it looks like chirinos he comes in late, so I'm just going to X him out. He's not well, Chirinos, he's, um, that's Cole's personal catcher. Oh, good for him. Yeah. All right, so I'm not counting Chirinos then. So who had a terrible... George Springer had a terrible ALDS. Josh Reddick had a terrible ALDS. Carlos Correa, terrible. Michael Brantley, not good. Really, Bregman and Altuve are the guys that did really well. And then Alvarez had a pretty good uh, ALDS. But Alvarez with a short porch, I think they got to be careful in home games. But, man, I think I think Altuve is the head of the snake. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I, I get that. I guess for me it's just one of those things like, I, I mean, if Aaron Judge is locked in, he's locked in. Um and I think Jose Altuve and Bregman, they they deserve that kind of respect. Like you just when you're going through that lineup, it you know, 
if those guys are coming up with runners on base, you have to be incredibly careful. Um, if they're not, I mean, maybe a free pass isn't the worst thing. I mean, as we saw what Altuve did to Tampa in game five, and I mean, Bregman's one of the best players in baseball. Yeah, it's Altuve in 2017, he had a really good ALCS. The three games at Yankee Stadium, Altuve went 0 for 12. That's because he doesn't know what pitches are coming when he's in Houston. 0 for 10. And the Yankees won all three of those games. So, I mean, I think if you get Altuve, if you quiet him, I think I think with him comes confidence, comes like passing the baton and all this. They kind of thrive off him. So, I think you prioritize quieting Altuve and then hope none of the other guys get you along the way. Yeah, and maybe that's um, and and I guess spinning this into further conversations, um, uh, Adam Ottavino. There's a lot of tough righties in this Houston lineup. Um, I know in Minnesota you had the short leash on the walks, and arguably deservedly so. Um, man, if you can get that frisbee work in this series, Springer, Altuve, Bregman, Correa, I, I mean. Adam Adovino, last series was not your A series. You you haven't been completely locked in for a little bit. Dude, own it. <laughs> like that third time through the lineup, be special, Adam Adovino. You think I think that's a good I think that's a good pick as like who can be a difference maker. Like if if out of the bullpen, if Adovino can be one inning, uh, you know, every game or as whatever games we need him, and he can like lock down those big righties that changes the whole complexity of our bullpen and the game. So yeah, I think him finding himself is a game changer. If by game three, Houston can see him coming out of the bullpen and go, God damn it. That would be nice. And uh, their bullpen doesn't really have anyone great out there. It's a lot of righties. Uh, they might, they said they're going to put, Someone on on uh, the roster in the bullpen, I forget. He might be a lefty. As of now, Wade Framber? Mm, no, it was someone else. I forget who. Framber alert? But uh, their bull. I mean, getting to their bullpen will be key. Get The bullpens. The Yankees want to get to their bullpen with a tie game or a lead, and they want to get to the Astros bullpen with a tie game or, you know, within – uh, a two-run swing, and you will be happy, but you need at least two innings, three innings out of the bullpen. Yankees yeah, are rooting for bullpens. We're rooting for ours to come out. We're rooting for theirs to come out. I like that, rooting for bullpens. Uh, yeah, if, you, if you're not familiar, they have uh, old Toronto closer, Roberto Ozuna is their closer now, um, and he's got really good numbers. I, I wouldn't, It's not like he's untouchable. It's, it's not... I don't think you have to fully get religious at the end of games. I think you just need to lock in and put together some good at-bats. I mean, there's a chance if, if he gets knocked around this series that Will Harris, who had a better season, could jump him um, in theory as their closer. He relieved him as the closer in one of the Tampa games. Um, Devensky hasn't been special this year, and Ryan Presley had the incredible start to the season and then has come back down to earth a little bit. All righties um, in this kind of spun us on our voicemail episode to, I mean, should Luke Voigt be on this roster? Because I, I don't know if there's a spot for him. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting. They're, they started to come down on the Hicks things a little bit. 
Um, you know, if he's not on this, he'll be on the World Series roster and stuff like that. So, so I don't know. Brad Peacock, that's what I was thinking. It is very highly likely. He's a, he's a righty, I believe. That Brad Peacock will be one of the guys that they discuss putting on. So that's a, that's a new pitcher. But, yeah, I think he's a righty as well. So they have no lefties. Yeah. Yeah, they have all righties. So what's that mean? Does, I, does that is that an actionable item for the Yankees to plan around or no, not at all, right? No. Um it it's and maybe this is where we where we should land. Uh Aaron Hicks. Um what is Aaron Hicks? And if he's if we're getting mowed down by righties, he's the only guy that you could turn to and be like, Well, let's give this dude a shot because he's an impact lefty bat. Yeah. I know he changes it up. If he's if he if Hicks can play, and you know what, if Hicks is healthy, he's on the roster. I'd put him on the roster. If Hicks is healthy, put him on the roster. If the bats worst are struggling, case, he doesn't play. Jake, worst case, he's Tyler Wade right. and and just sits on the bench. And so who who loses in that? No one loses with Hicks being Tyler Wade's role. There's no loss. But the upside is his arm, his defense. And if he's seeing pitches well, his eye, and then if he can swing a little, I mean, there's a lot of upside. There's no downside. Should we're we're assuming they're going to run out the same lineup because they swept the Twins and the lineup looks good. Yeah. With the Hicks news, and assuming he makes the roster, and again, we we don't know what they saw. Aaron Boone was catching the balls at third base from him the other day, which is a lot of fun. Um, is Gio Urshela's seat hot on the hot corner? Hello. Um, because we both agree that if Hicks comes in the lineup, that's the guy you got to take out. If he comes into the, the starting nine, yes. Like if, if Gio Urshela starts off this series 0 for 6. Yeah, then you could put Edwin to first, Stanton to DH, Gardy to left, and Hicks to center. That would be the, mer- that would be the little merry-go-round there. Yeah. But I do, do you think, think Hicks impacts this series? Yeah. Yeah. Fucking why not, dude? That's what this season has been. Next man yeah. up, whenever whoever we put out there is going to perform. Mike Ford hit walk-offs. Like, do you think would is it crazy to think like, of course Aaron Hicks comes through? And then again, he could not even be on the roster. Who knows? But if he's on the roster and he plays, I'm not doubting uh that he could have a moment. I guess that's where I'm almost calling BS on myself right now is because I, I pictured Hicks sliding into the Maven role. He comes in defensive replacement in center, and maybe he gets one at bat later in the game. I'm almost calling bull- BS on myself because it's like, if he's on the roster, treat him like Aaron Hicks, right? And that was that original Cashman quote, that it's not different than Edwin, it's not different than Gary. It's not different. He went into Schwarber and there was someone else he name dropped that it was like, well, it's a little different cash, but yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, if he's healthy, he's healthy, but I would start him off as the Cameron Maven role, replacing Stan and see what we got. See though, these games are going to be intense, man. I'm not, I'm, I'm excited and nervous. I'm just ready to fucking do it. We're still a day away. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Got anything else? Anything else? You excited? What's your routine going to be? I'm excited. Um, 
pregame show, Talking Yanks. Check it out on podcast apps or maybe that John Jang Boy YouTube channel or the Talking Yanks YouTube will be, channel. Uh, we should be running hot Saturday yeah. for the pregame show. So tune in on YouTube or the podcast app. And uh, hey, we broke our record. Last episode was the most downloaded in the history of the show. Tell all your friends we're in the ALCS now. Let's break the record again. We love you guys for it. And uh, we made Show Me Your Bird shirts. Those will be out. Yeah. They crack me up every time. But tune in for the pregame show. We'll get going then. We'll be excited as hell. I am a ball of nervous energy. It feels... Well, what's the thought I want to say? 2017, it was so happy-go-lucky to get to the ALCS because we didn't expect anything starting that season. And it was heartbreaking to lose it, but it was like, damn, can't believe we did that. And then to not make the ALCS last year was embarrassing. And now I feel like, okay, let's not take this for granted. This is, we let's get to work. Like we gotta do business. So game one versus Granky, let's go. And Yankee fans, this is a downer. No team has ever swept the DS, swept the CS, and swept the World Series. No team has ever done that. We may have to lose two to win four. So one game is not damning. There's going to be a loss in this series. So let's not lose our heads over one. Is it, are we almost being dumb? Like, are these just two juggernauts, two great teams that this is going to be a seven-game series? Feels that way. Yeah, I, I, I honestly, I don't have an honest opinion on it because I think normally I would think that. When when two teams this caliber come together, I normally lean that way. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm, it, it may be a skewed view from my Yankees reality, but I, I think that I think that game for the Tampa one was impactful. All right, let's hope so. Thank you guys very much. We will be back whenever the game ends and on the pregame show and on the next pregame show. And then whenever the next game ends, you're guaranteed four more game recaps and game previews. So there's a lot of content to churn out. Thank you for being part of this with us. We will see you tomorrow. Go Yanks. Tell them Grams. Go Yankees. <laughs> <laughs>